Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Salad Class. Myself, Ollie and Glyn. How are you doing, Glyn? I'm alright, Ollie. I've just about survived my birthday trip to Walsall. Um, like a lot of probably Shrewsbury Town fans, woke up with a bit of a sore head this morning, but uh, yeah, I'm doing alright today, mate. I think um, Shrewsbury fans definitely helped the local brewing economy <laughs> um, on the weekend. Um, uh, me and my brother um, ended up in a, actually quite a proper kind of drinking pub, really nice drinking pub with some um, black country oh, ales, nice. um, which is pretty good actually. So yeah, I went through I went to Birmingham and then up into Warsaw uh, met and went into Warsaw which yeah it's not the it's, you know we can, we can do banter and joke about Warsaw but it is quite a deprived place yeah you weren't impressed um, so were you? Is, yeah no and I just feel a bit sorry for them more than anything else yeah. but Tim um, you had a, um, a more fun day didn't you because you got the train to Birmingham yeah I got the train to Birmingham we must have been probably upwards of three or four hundred town fans drinking in the pubs in Birmingham so it was a quite a good vibe to be fair went in three or four different pubs where town fans were as well and um yeah, I can I can sort of say a bit more about that when we come to talk about the Westbrook game. But yeah, it was certainly certainly a good yeah. birthday out with your friends, and, and we were just talking before we recorded, weren't we? Saying you know some people are a bit disappointed we didn't win. I was just like happy we didn't lose really because I didn't want to come home with you know your birthday day having had a, had a defeat. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's quite a range of thoughts that she's trying fans had about the Warsaw game, but yeah. we've got two to cover, haven't we, in this episode with the Czech trade yeah. game? So um, yeah, plenty about get on we're talking about, isn't there? Return by Ryan Woods. Chance to get the ball across as well. It's into the centre and headed in from close range by Tom Bradshaw. And just two minutes gone, Shrewsbury have taken the lead. Yeah, so Tuesday night, um, check a trade at home this time. Um, I did go away to the Coventry game, but um, yeah, I wasn't going to go um, to home to this game, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and I'm pleased I didn't because I, I did go back, um, as I often do, um, take advantage of iFollow when I'm doing a bit of cooking and stuff. And I watched the highlights. Okay. And it was pathetic mm. absolutely pathetic so um i'll go into a bit of kind of insight on the game but first just to say kind of the team so mcgillivery was in goal shellis was playing at right back so it's interesting he signed a pro contract yeah. so nice of him to get a get a bit of game time at home um so sadler was center back beckles came in and riley played left back which obviously this is a bit different and new everyone was a bit confused weren't they about what formation we were going to play and um, we actually played 4-4-2 um, with Dodds on the left wing, Gnu on the right wing, and Morrison Adams in the middle. So quite a young central midfield. Yeah, interesting that. Yeah, it's very, very young, isn't it? Jeez. And then, bloody hell, John Lewis and Colton Morris up front. Beasts. Beasts up front, <laughs> yep. Um, so let's not let's not hang around on this one. No. Shrewsbury Town won 3-0. John Lewis scored um, in the first half. Then Morris and Dodds scored in the second half. Um, and... Yeah, it was a bit pathetic, really. Like um, West Brom's under one, under twenty one's team, and there was one bit in the game. I mean, the highlights. I imagine you haven't watched this back, have you, Glenn? I, 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 I yeah, I'm not going to label the point no. of my boycott. <laughs> but um, I think I watched the goals back on YouTube, so I did see. Yeah. You know, Dodds' goal was particularly good strike, wasn't it? But um, yeah, it I have was. a few few people that cross the picket line who I know who they always say that they feel like it's a picket line now because they know me, and I've <laughs> been really bullish about not going. But um, you know, you're right in when you said men against boys. Um, I, one of my friends described it as one of the least competitive games of football he's ever seen and he's been going to the town for years and years so um, it didn't sound like a whole lot of a whole lot of fun I suppose that they no. got the m- most out of it in there fringe players getting a game and it was a win and kept that confidence up so you know I can understand the value that Chris Doiger pointed to that but um, there's nothing else in it for me other than that really I, I know we're through to the next round but um, yeah imagine how bad that last game in the group's going to be <laughs> there's absolutely nothing riding on it Jeez. yeah nothing riding on it and yeah probably just play obviously I think there are rules you have to play first team yep. players but um yeah, it's, um, it was too easy. Um, I watched 11 minutes of extended highlights <laughs> and I literally con- couldn't see two passes between West Brom players. Um, and I didn't see them have one, ch- even have a chance. No. And there was one bit when the shot was running through towards goal, sold a barge to central defender 
um, and he just kind of disintegrated. So I felt a bit sorry for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, very pedestrian. Um, and as Doigi himself said, so obviously it's quite interesting. Um, the manager um, forced Doigi to do the, the pre and the post match interviews. Um, and he said it was too easy. Um, and then they were looking ahead to the Saturday game and he said it's going to be a lot more enjoyable than tonight. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's quite interesting he said that because you think, you know, the crowd was, I think the, the crowd we had last year for the Checker Trade Trophy was um, about 1,150 odd and I think there was 1,400 odd there. So, you know, even with our amazing run, how brilliant we've been this season, how engaged everybody is, the crowd was up by something like, you know, 215, 216 like that. So it wasn't even like, you know, town fans have re-bought back into the competition. The, the, the attendance was still way down on, on the old check trade trophy tenses of over two you know, whatever it was the the league trophy of over two thousand sometimes we used to get um and it's interesting that we took more fans to Walsall than actually bothered to go and watch a home game in the Checker Trade trophy. So that says quite a lot to me. Put a counter argument there, yeah. there was a lot of games in September. Yes. Um so there was a lot of games. So anyway let's move on. <laughs> So the big game on Saturday, um, and it was your birthday, Glenn. So happy birthday! So hope you had a hope you had a nice day. Got some socks or something like that. No, well, yeah, I didn't get me present till today because I was obviously busy all day Saturday. We got, I mean, probably worth running through the day really. So I think there was sort yeah. of two trains out of Shrewsbury that were the busy ones. There was a nine thirty and a ten thirty. Um, so we all rolled up to get the ten thirty three, and it was horrendous, Ollie. Uh, British rail travel is just horrendous, isn't it? And if you've got any kind of event happening, even a small thing like Shrewsbury Walsall, the, the train was already full when it pulled into Shrewsbury, and they're trying to get another sort of two or three hundred people on it, and it was. Just jam-packed the whole way, so um, it was quite good. There was quite a bit of banter on the train between everybody, but um, eventually rolled into Birmingham and sort of fell off the train um, and then straight into some town centre pubs. Um, town fans standing outside, lots of chanting in the bars and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was a really good um, really good atmosphere. And then one of the things I did want to say um, that happened before the match was um, we've got a friend of ours that we've known for a long time that actually used to play for the away supporters when he was over here at university and, and a bit before he moved. And he lives in Barcelona and um, he'd come over specifically for this game because he'd been so encouraged to our start of the season. And we hadn't seen him for like maybe six, seven years. And it was just, you know what I mean? It's brilliant that you've got fans with it, fans of this club that you've known over the years and are, and are coming back for matches like this. Um, and so we caught up with him in a pub, maybe had a good half an hour chat with him. And it was just, you know, one of those things that reaffirms, you know, that bond between fans, um, which was brilliant, really, to be fair. So it's, it's good to know we've got, and you listen to the podcast, so it's good to know we've got a listener in Spain, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, Barcelona does pop up, actually. It does, yeah. It? When we, um, one of the cities that does pop up, so that's good to hear. Yeah, it's, it's a lash, and I think he said his dad listens to it as well, and he obviously lives out there as well. So, um, yeah, that was quite nice to catch up with someone. Then a bit later on, one of my other friends was talking to someone who he knew, and he was like, is that guy over there the guy that does the podcast? I recognise his voice. So there you go, Ollie. That's the, <laughs> that's the first time that's happened, which I was quite amazed by, that someone could recognise my random Shropshire voice uh, compared to everybody else's, because it always seems quite similar. So, um, yeah, that was nice. And anyway, so then we, we got the last train into Warsaw because there was absolutely no reason to be there any earlier than kick-off, as far as I'm no. concerned. Um, yeah, rolled in, got a seat, and... Uh, it was basically full by the time we got in there and, and managed to get a seat down the right-hand side. So, um, yeah, ready for the match then. Where, where else did you sit, Ollie? Oh, this is a good point, actually. Um, I, um, me and my little brother uh, managed to sit behind the goal, a bit of lower down. Um, and actually, we were three rows behind where Ryan Wood decided oh, to sit. H, yeah, he was there, wasn't he? So, yes, he was there getting... And tell you what, he didn't sit in the... You know, when remember when um, we were away at Berry? Yes. And... Um, 
Alab, yeah, decided to sit in the corner out of the way. Well, Ryan Wood sat in the middle <laughs> near the front in, so everyone could see him. So he wasn't hiding. So, yeah, that was quite funny, a few Ryan Wood's chants. And then we sat down, because we thought we'd actually be able to stand. The sat down, the crossbar was in the, a really annoying position yeah. on the pitch. So it was actually really, it was really, really annoying. So if, if it was anything in the middle, it was really struggling to see. So we actually moved to the far right um, in the second half. Oh, okay. Anyway. That was over so towards that was us, my... yeah. It was, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because um, obviously we were to the far right, we stood up the whole game, probably only about 10 rows from the front, so most people in that block were standing, to be fair. Um, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's where all the, I think what happened from from my perspective, I'm only had a couple of beers, it seemed to me that the lads who got early were right behind the goal, but then the lads who had quite a few beers were to the right, because yeah. the right was, I wouldn't say noisy, but well, a bit, you could tell it was a bit different, it was two definite di- distinct blocks mm. there of chanting it was a cracking atmosphere to be fair wasn't it Ollie we, yeah. we, we should say it was a good atmosphere but I th- I think it was a bit subdued and that was because of the football so I think it could have been better <laughs> yeah. but I think that was in the, not not criticism of town fans that was a criticism of the game which I think then had an impact on the the atmosphere do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean it's a shame the biggest yeah. cheer of the whole match was for a goal that was disallowed for offside because Christ people yeah. went mental when Payne scored but yeah. we shall get to that as we discuss through the game in a minute we I guess will. but it was it was good wasn't it And uh, we... so just worth mentioning how many time fans that went then yeah what was so, it? go on so there's 1,640 fantastic I saw um, yeah, so that was good. So in turn, that was a, that was the first stat. Yep. The second stat is obviously um, after the result of this game, which was one all. So they scored after eleven minutes, and Payne scored after twenty um, from the penalty spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's twelve games and beaten for Salah, which is just fantastic. Um, and but it's also just worth to note that Warsaw are unbeaten at home this season. Yeah, so yeah, that's why I'd consider it a good point. But we can we can talk about yeah. the summary. But yeah, the twelve yeah. games unbeaten thing is interesting. That run's gone on again, hasn't it? Despite a poor performance. And um, you know, I was reading a couple of stats that you're going to have to start researching. I think for the next few episodes which is I think the all-time club record unbeaten streak is is sort of within three four games now so you know we could even be in, sort of da- endangering the best unbeaten run in the club's history at some point soon so something to keep an eye on Ollie for your stats I think well I, I don't have any database of knowledge so we'll have to um, steal gleefully from um, from either the Lewis Cox or um, the club yes we'll, we'll see what they say this week but yeah I think yeah. it was I think I read somewhere it was up to 16 but there was another sort of unbe- run, unbeaten record of 14 so yeah we're not far off them are we to be fair so no. we'll have to see how we go in the next few weeks um, do, you, do you want to run through the team as well because obviously there was a lot of change yeah, sure. between, between the games wasn't there yeah so we revert back to um, to um, our kind of um, yeah you know, traditional kind Standard, of yeah. this season yeah four one four one um, we had McGillivray in goal obviously because Henderson was on international duty mm-hmm. Bolton Desala um, Sadler Brown so the solid back four Godfrey in front of them Rodman on the right yeah um, and then um, Nolan and uh, Agogo making up the midfield centre three um, Dodds on the right um, sorry on the left. Um, and Payne up front, um, and Dodds came in because um, Wardy's got a groin strain. Yes. Um, so he didn't train last week, and he didn't train this week, um, and and the manager said that he was rubbish last week. So that's also really why he didn't um, <laughs> he didn't start today. So he was quite forceful when he said that. So yeah, yeah. He certainly he certainly wasn't hiding anything. He wasn't great when he came on against Walsall either, was he? To be perfectly no, honest with you, he's classic, a little bit classic Mickey Mellon um, Wally. It was. Yeah, so a lot of people around me quite frustrated with him to be honest with you because you know everyone wanted us to win. I know we're jumping forward, but um, yeah. yeah, not great when he came on. Um, and and you know Dodds Dodd did a shift, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, and then paint paint up front as you said. Then so yeah, let's talk about Dodds maybe at the end because yeah. we can talk about the context of the game and then we you know, can talk about a few kind of general points. Yeah, which I kind of jotted down on the agenda. So yeah, so the game started and for, unfortunately for us. Um, Walsall started well, mm. didn't they? So, so they changed their formation to um, with three at the back to try and nullify us, um, which seemed to work. And yeah, we just couldn't string a pass together. And they were 
well, they weren't playing pretty football, were they? No. And the Warsaw fans I've seen online were very critical of their style of play, um, but they were very direct, weren't they? When I say direct, they were hoofing it forward. No, they, I put on Twitter, I think they're the most direct team I've seen this season, and you know, probably for quite a while. You know, Even at the start, they were very direct, but towards the end as well, it was hugely direct and just pumping up that, that big guy up front. Um, and it wasn't great to watch, was it? But it was actually getting them no. results against us for, for certain periods. They, there, was a, there was a certain... Uh, how should we say in the first 10-15 minutes of us not being first to the, to the second ball the knockdowns they seem to be a little bit more practised at that and it, maybe it's because we've not been playing that tactic ourselves but we've generally been good this season haven't we sniffling around and, and getting the loose ball but it seemed to me a lot of their sort of moves would be based off us you know heading it away but them snaffling it back up straight away and breaking on us so that's why we were struggling to get out and, and that's why we were struggling to sort of um, keep them at arm's length a lot of the time so yeah that certainly, certainly stood out for me in the first 10 minutes Yeah definitely we, um, we weren't at our normal pace and that was kind of um, no. ever throughout the game and yeah it was just very um, very sloppy as such in the first the first bit of the game and yep. yeah it didn't take long did it for them to, for them to score which was a, a good long range effort it was I mean would you describe it as sloppy or not I, I watched the highlights back again today obviously you watch it live but once again behind the goal and it was really difficult because it was down the other end to tell quite what was going on but you know some people were saying oh what's Toto done there but for, for knocking the ball clear to the guy before he hit that worldly. Um, to me, I mean, he did all right. He made a good tackle, Toto, to be honest with you there. And he, he stopped the man that was running at him with the ball. Unfortunately, his clearance just fell to this guy and he, and he hit it. So I can't really apportion too much blame to Toto personally. For me, the keeper looked like he was a little bit far off his line again, if you want to be slightly critical. He, I don't know why he was so far forward. You know, it, it obviously lobbed him rather than it being a pure shot that went just to the right or the left of him and he couldn't mm. get across. So... Yeah, maybe there's some question marks there to have a look at, but um, maybe you just maybe I'm just nitpicking. I would disagree with you about Toto. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, he can. Obviously, it's hard to notice this in real time. And to be honest, um, you know, we go to the games. I'll be honest, and you just try to enjoy the match yeah. about yeah. right naked taking note of no. everything because um, it'd be yeah kind of ruin the enjoyment factor. But um, actually, he ran into midfield. Um, to try and win the ball, then he had to run back, and then when the ball came over the top, it fell over the back. It went over the back of Bolton's head, yeah. in between Toto. So they were both out of position, and then and then they kind of like attacked us when we were kind of off balance. And then Toto does do that good block, yeah. but then the guy just hits it. So yeah, I mean, I watched it from the block onwards, obviously, and the block was decent, wasn't it? To be fair, and how it fell to him was unfortunate, and you couldn't really blame Toto for that. But in, and I'd agree with you in general play. I thought Toto got pulled out of position quite a lot during the whole game, yeah. if I'm honest with you. So yeah, I, obviously on the highlights, it didn't go that far back. And as I say, when you when you've obviously watched the extended highlights because you've got iFollow, yeah. I've not seen that. So, so that, I'll take your view on that, mate. Yep, yeah, no, no, it's, but it's interesting, isn't it? How you can have different views of it. So it's yeah. quite a, that's always almost as, as allowing you to c- carry on to kind of give your side of it because mm. that's the side that you saw just just watching it instantly. But if you actually yeah do the analysis when you had the chance to kind of do the analysis and yeah he um, he didn't help so <laughs> good shot but yeah I think I think you're right actually I'll definitely agree with you um, on the um, the dipping goal it's quite poor and maybe Henderson would have saved it yeah. but it didn't take long did it for us to come back no a bit like um, well, Doncaster wasn't it really I suppose when we came roaring back within thirty seconds obviously it took us a little bit longer in this game but I feel feel like yeah. we, we we started to it kind of woke us up didn't it a bit it did yeah and, and we started to play a little bit better didn't we yeah so seven minutes in. And then um, Dodds does a nice little chip, doesn't he? Yep. Um, and um, and um, Guthrie handballs it. It is an absolute... I mean, we could do 25 minutes on this, couldn't we, Ollie? Yep. Let's be perfectly honest with you. And we've got a little section we can do at the end, which is which is the worst of the five most recent bad decisions we can think of that we put together. But we'll come to that later on. Christ almighty, what an absolute shambles from the linesman and the referee. Genuinely terrible. Genuinely match-changing. Almost, almost you know, costing us hugely. And... 
He didn't even get booked. What what an absolute joke. So, you know, obviously... They're... Well, they said they don't know who... Yeah, so <laughs> Hurst has said that they don't know who it was. Yes. But there was four of them. There's the, like... If you're uh, if you are the the linesman, surely it's your one of your responsibilities, and I'm sure they get trained to keep an eye on who did the foul. Yep. So surely that's something they get trained. There was no, it wasn't like there was five men in the middle of the park. There wasn't actually that many players in that area, and it was clear who it was. Yep. And for them to not send it, send him off was just an absolute abysmal decision. Yeah. It's it's mind boggling. I mean, for anyone that wasn't there, we should say, and you've probably seen the highlights. Obviously, the ball gets looped up by by Dodds over the keeper. It's nice go, it's it's almost going in essentially. Um, might have took a bounce and gone in, but the the, the pain puts their, it's definitely going in. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Going. Pain puts their um, defender under pressure, and he sort of jumps up and he, he basically punched the ball away. So it was it was a stone stonewall penalty, wasn't it? Everyone was like, yeah, penalty. He give the, and he give the penalty straight away. There's there's very little delay between the incident and the penalty. So we obviously saw it. And that's the bit I can't get my head around. It's not like he gave the penalty straight away. Gave the penalty and then straight he went away. Yeah. To talk to the linesman. Yeah. So he obviously saw the infringement. How did he not just walk over to the player that made the infringement? He'd given the penalty. What was he going to talk to the linesman about? Obviously, he was probably well, going to check in the player's name. But but yeah. then how could how have all of them? Did he not know who it was? Yeah, he should have walked over to the player, noted the name because he knew he, he must have seen who committed the, the penalty. He might have been going over to talk to the um, linesman about whether he was last man. He clearly was, but you know I can understand why he might have wanted to go and get that as a decision. But it, it obviously wasn't, and and so I, I just feel like Paul Hurst probably feels, and, and everyone feels after that, hugely cheated because. I, there's no doubt. Walsall were not great. We weren't great on Saturday, but there's no way we wouldn't have beaten them with ten men. They were they were poor enough to have been put away with ten men the way we've been playing. I so. think we would have probably. Yeah, I think I think there's a, there would have been a good chance. Obviously, Definitely. we don't know for certain, but we would have a very good chance. We would have had a, as Hurst himself said, we would have had a massive advantage. Yeah, the way their season's going, they could well have gone in on themselves, and you know yeah. it could have got very tense there. The crowd could easily have turned. Yep, exactly. Yep. On the same page there, and that's the eighth penalty they've given away this season. How insane is that? Yeah, every other game. So yeah, I was on. Um, so yeah, I was forgot to mention this. I had um, a couple of media commitments this week. Oh, so yeah. I was on BBC Norfolk on Thursday night talking about um, the Norwich players on loan, and then I was on Talksport two um, on um, Saturday morning. Um, and the the Warsaw chap who was on was actually really good. He was um, I can't remember the name of his podcast, um, okay. but he was a good chat. Sounded yeah, very knowledgeable. I and mean, he was saying they've conceded a penalty every other game. <laughs> so um, I did actually put a bet on Warley um, first um, anytime goal scorer, thinking we might get a penalty. Yeah, well, we we did. did get a penalty, but he wasn't on the pitch. And I tell you what, how cool was Payne's penalty? So there was a huge delay, wasn't there? Absolutely yeah. long delay while the referee nonced around really and couldn't decide what the hell he was going to do. Then he finally just walked back in and was like, "Yeah, it's a penalty." And uh, I think that there was a couple of our players. I think. Robin particularly was livid. Robin didn't let it go for ages, even after the penalty was scored. He was talking to the ref all the way back to the centre circle, and rightly so, to be fair. Um, and yeah, so then there was a big, big long delay right in front of expectant town fans. Obviously, huge derby game. So you know that's one of the most pressure penalties we've had for a very long time. And cool as you like, give the keeper the eyes. Bosh, other side, job done. And uh, yeah, it went mental, didn't it? To be fair, right? Yeah. Uh, we talk about safe standing, but obviously we were standing in a seated area, like everyone always talks about, and. Yeah, I got pushed forward. I've, I've literally fell over in the seat in front, and a guy pushed me back. And yeah, so that, there you go. More evidence for safe standing. But yeah, it, I kind of enjoyed it and uh, had to fish my glasses off the floor when, when it was finally Shit. all calmed down. But luckily, they were in one piece. So yeah, you can take that for a mental like that because it was it was just it was just a big relief, wasn't it, after going behind? Yeah, it was good, and yeah, it was a bit of a sickening feeling because we hadn't started the game well. No. And yeah, 
obviously went behind. And then, yeah, when Payne scored the penalty after 20, it was good. Yeah. It was quite funny. And, and when you could watch the, um, because where I was, I could also see myself as well um, through in the extended highlights. I saw myself quite a few times in the highlights. It was quite funny. Oh, did you? That's good. Yeah. Well, we were yeah. a bit too far to, to the other side, I think. But yeah. there you go. And what was the other thing that went on during the goal? Because they came and celebrated right in front of us, which was amazing. I took a really good photo of the, I mean, if anyone looks at the Blue and Amber Twitter account, um, I actually put a good video of the penalty being taken and then I'm running and celebrating right in front of me. And it's one of those, you know, that's what it felt like to be in that moment video. So if you weren't there, check that out because it's um, it is absolutely crap class. And then yeah, you can well, just we'll see retweet that. you can just see a flare going off, Ollie. <laughs> it wasn't a flare; it was a smoke bomb. Smoke bomb. Oh well, there you go. Then. Yeah, let's get it right. Yeah, but, true enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it was a smoke bomb that was set off, <laughs> which is quite funny. Right in the family area, and we should really talk about that. I wasn't, you know, before we talk about the game, I was not impressed with the way stewards and police handled what went on with our fans because apparently a lot of them got thrown out and I can understand maybe there's always a hard luck story but potentially there were some drunk people being idiots so we, we don't know the stories but what what happened is that a lot of people came in late there was nowhere ready to sit down behind the goal so they filtered like the lads who were late which were obviously the lads who've been drinking and, and potentially the, the more as we say agitated fellows and they put them around the corner then in the spare seats but that was where all the families had bought their tickets so you had a really weird mix of all the families and like you know a bunch of sort of 40, 50 of the, of the sort of lads who could potentially Potentially be causing trouble. I'm not saying that they would, but you know the, the lads that then wanted to come back after they realised where they'd been sent. So there was a load of like talking to the police and the stewards about wanting to come back and a lot of quite heated arguments we were watching during the first half and again at half time. So it was a bit weird. And then I think obviously they might have even closed the gate then into the stand we were in because it was full. Yeah, they did. And then they let and they were only letting the late guys in there as well, which didn't make any sense to me because there was spare seats where we were sitting. So. Yeah, a bit weird, really, and it didn't cause any trouble in the end, but it potentially could have done. Yeah, they were very, um, yeah, they didn't have a lot of IQ, let's put it that way, <laughs> um, between the stewards of what I saw. Um, and yeah, it just seemed a bit unnecessary. And, yeah, you've got a situation where you've got a lot of fans who are drinking, a lot of fans who were, you know, came for the game. Mm. You know, sometimes a bit of common sense was due, but um, anyhow... Um, yeah, it was kind of. Um, Shouldn't leave the point on that. Yeah, but it's worth talking about it, yeah. isn't it? Because it wasn't great, yeah. and it could. You know, incidents do happen sometimes like that where they've not been managed correctly. But um, obviously, Walsall got away with it this time. So there we go. So anyway, anyone was still cheering, weren't they, when that goal went in? And uh, yeah, yeah. Then, then, it, then what happened, Ollie? Yeah, and then we had a lot of good opportunity, didn't we, oh, to score? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, so um, so we kind of yeah, as you said, we come to life. Um, Payne got through, um, shot at goal. Um, and their um, and dreadlock defender Corey Roberts came flying in, and yeah, stopped it going in the back it. of the net. Yeah, and it was that was in front of the town fans again. So that was that was that was disappointing. I was thinking at the time, did you think Payne did the right decision then to shoot at that point? Do you think he could have run a bit closer to the goal? Or I, I trust it. The way he's playing, I would have trusted him yeah. to have a shot. It it needed lifting, didn't it? And he hit it low and, and hard. He, he he wanted to put it on target. Um, but you know it was a more difficult skill to put it on target with a bit of loft on it to be fair and the, what he'd done the strength to get in and round the keeper he'd done fantastic the, 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 you've got to give a defender a bit of credit there I think but yeah I, I can't really blame, uh, blame Payne for that I thought he did just about as much as he could have done he was slightly off balance as he hit it so um, credit to the defender on that one yeah I thought at the time um, I was disappointed with what he did I thought maybe he should have ran further to goal but then watching it back on the highlights there was actually quite a lot of there was actually quite a few players of um, Warsaw defenders that got back mm. so if he had taken any more time they would have closed him down yes. so you know, he made the right decision he did and it was unlucky to be fair and um, you know yeah. it's another one of those edge chances that he's getting sometimes and, and not taking but he has taken enough goals he's up to seven now isn't he this season so yeah. that's a good return isn't it um, and it wasn't the only chance he had really in the half was it um, it was a bit later on when uh, he, he had the uh, the offside goal and, and what, a, what a finish that was did, you know, at the yeah. time he and this is what I was saying just before when we were talking about the noise. That was the loudest noise there was from town fans. He rifled it in on the volley, a, a, absolutely 
class finish it smashed into the back of the net and the noise the town fans made was unbelievable and then I just looked down and I saw the keeper getting the ball out and starting to take a little gold cheeky you know, kick for the free kick and I was like oh god damn it I can't believe it but I've, I've not watched it back well I watched it back but I can't tell whether it was offside or not I don't know whether you've seen anything more well there's a rule isn't there that says if it comes off the opposition player you can't be offside oh yeah it did took a deflection and the Warsaw it? player the Wars- no the Warsaw player headed it backwards oh right okay Oh, for so Christ's it's sake. a goal. Yeah. So yeah. So it's going to annoy you even more now, Glenn. So oh, we was, yeah, we I was, was fun. <laughs> we were was funny because at the game in the time, I was disappointed with the performance, but came away with a point. Watching it all back again, so um, there should have been a sending off, and that goal should have stood. Yeah. I'm now actually quite annoyed. Um, so yeah, the officials had an absolute mare. And so, yeah, it should, it should have stood. And I think if you know, if that goal had stood, the town fans would have been in full voice. My and God, it probably yeah. would have been, I think it probably would have been our best ever, you know, fan performance. I think if we'd, if we'd have been winning 2-1, mm, yeah. we wouldn't have not have stopped. And we probably would have carried all the way through half-time and into the second half. But it wasn't to be. And yeah, class finish from Payne. So, he hit it so well, didn't smashed he? Smashed it. Absolutely smashed it in the air, to be fair. And, and oh, it's unfortunate. It was unfortunate because I think, you know, again, to talk about the red card, there was another point where, the, yeah. you know, you're right that could have been the game for us there, even though it was quite early on still. Um, so, yeah, so that, that was, a, you know, another good chance, obviously, offside. And then they had a bit of a, a scare, didn't we, down the other end when Toto started doing a bit of his... <laughs> he just kind of lost under his feet, Did, which was he? a bit frustrating. And, um, and then they got in from that, didn't they? And uh, we got away with it, I suppose, at the end of the day. Um, but then Toto did make a fair few a few blocks at the back, he didn't did. he? did. Yeah, so he had that scare, but then he made two great blocks, putting his body on the line yep. again, which he does so well. And he's such a massive frame that, yeah, he really does block the goal so yeah two, two good blocks so yeah so I suppose Ollie then you know uh, we kind of meandered through to half time didn't we it wasn't really the greatest half and there were patches of play that weren't brilliant but um, yeah got through to half time and, and I suppose I, I, I was looking at the table and uh, seeing how the other scores were doing but we can talk about that at the end obviously there were some other good results elsewhere and then went to my mum as usual Ollie and this week because it was my birthday she gave me a birthday present <laughs> this is so pathetic and because she's been listening to the podcast recently and thinking you know she's been listening to what I've been saying about it seeming like you know we're absolute children when we go and get sweets to my mum and dad at half time she brought me a present to the match and it was a bunch of sweets and this time she wrapped it up in Thomas the Tank Engine wrap, wrapping paper <laughs> <laughs> and she said that uh, yeah she said you say in that podcast it's quite funny so there you go my mum's in on the joke now Ollie, which doesn't make it quite as funny anymore I don't think no it's not <laughs> oh dear. but it was good miniature heroes can't complain this week so wolf them down with the, the eight lads I was with and then uh, before you knew it, it was time for half time wasn't it no time for the second half sorry yep and um I haven't written much about the second half oh, God, on the agenda no. because not much really happened. So, nope. yeah, it was, a, it was a half, a few clear-cut chances. And, uh, yeah, it was actually quite odd. It's happened. Obviously, it says a lot about how well Warsaw defend because there was a lot of offsides. Yes, for both teams, to be honest with you. We, yeah. we got them offside a fair few times. And, yeah, we weren't, we weren't great at running the line, I didn't think, during the game. Um, but, yeah, they, they're obviously quite well drilled at the back, aren't they? They're, they've obviously got problems scoring, I would imagine, from having watched that game um, and, and yeah. finding a cutting edge because they, they didn't find it very many times in the game. So, you know, judging it from one game, I'd, I'd say that's probably where their problems lie a little bit more. But, uh, you know, when you're giving eight penalties away, maybe they have got some defensive problems that they've got to address as well, so who knows? Yeah, so there was not many chances, was there? There was the one where Rodman got through and then he was offside. And there was one where Rodman did a good cross um, for Payne and he got a lot of abuse from the Warsaw fans, but he was offside anyway. He was offside, but that was a bad uh, miss, to be perfectly fair. Yeah, and then there was a massive stretch of game where nothing happened um, <laughs> and then Tyler Roberts came on. Um, yeah. He got a bit of a boo, but a bit more of a comical boo, I think, more than anything yeah. else. Um, and yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Silky, as what everything we know about uh, Tyler Roberts. Thank Christ he was on international duty. I don't think, you know, he is the sort of player that could have made that game a, a, a big danger for us to have lost. He came on, Glenn, he was good. Glenn, he came on. 
Yeah. He played. No, I mean, he came on, but I mean, thank God he was on international duty and, and he didn't start. Oh. Yeah, so he, the reason he wasn't supposed to be on their bench, was he? He'd been on international duty for the Welsh oh, under 21s. Right. He, he'd either played or been involved in their squad, I think, on the Thursday or the Friday, and then they'd released him. And he came back to oh. Walsall. So we got really lucky because like Henderson, he shouldn't have been involved in the matchday squad at all. I was wondering how many siders you had and you didn't realise he played. <laughs> no, no, I don't remember him coming on. I, I hadn't had enough to recognise that. No, yeah, so I was talking to some Walsall fans when he got off the train and they were like, oh, we're going to miss Roberts today. We're going to miss Roberts today. And I was like, I've just checked your team sheet, mate. He's on the bench. And they were like, you're kidding me. He's absolute class. And, and he's been good for them like he was for us. So, um, you know, and he, he did change the game for them. They they probably had the better of it in the closing stages, didn't they? To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, he did. He's he was um, as a class player, mm. class, and he, yeah, he just started running at us, and yeah, he puts um he, he scares defenders, didn't he? You know, you do that thing where you just run at the opposition defenders, and he puts them on edge. Yeah, and he, he put, did that. Put Brown under pressure quite a bit, didn't he? A few times, and there was one time we ran at Toto, but Toto was quite strong against it. So um, yeah. as I say, that's why I feel like we were lucky that he wasn't playing the whole game because um. Yeah, definitely would have been a different game with him, and and that's what they were missing. They were missing a bit of class up front, and then they just—I know the guy scored a worldie, but it was a it was a punt effort, wasn't it? That he hit well, but and he was a big cumbersome bloke, and he did all right in terms of his holding the ball and, and shielding it and getting others involved, but he never really felt like he was a massive goal threat, did he? The other guy that was playing up front, I don't know what his name was, no. but yeah, there was that. There was there was also a couple of Walsall chances, though, weren't there? That got the heart fluttering in front of the Shooter yeah. Town fans near the end, and um, we should give credit to McGivellary for the one good save he made because. Uh, it was weird, wasn't it? The ball sort of came, got crossed in, and, and the, the sort of defender found a bit, of, the attacker found a bit of space, headed it down, and McGivley was like diving, and he sort of swooped his arm like almost a, a sort of three sixty degree arc to then sort of punch it away, really. And he was because he was diving the wrong way away from the ball, so you know, considering he looked like he was a little bit unfooted about where it was going, he did really well to poke it over the bar, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Um, it was a fantastic save, yeah. and yeah, it was. It was yeah, he would have been a bit of a sickening feeling if they if he'd scored that. Not only a obviously a, a player that we obviously were fond of last season, yeah. Um, but yeah, to be away at Walsall until he leave that uh, place again in defeat again. But there was one town chance, wasn't there? Um, yes. Just before then, where and Wally did a great run, and then classic <laughs> Wally, like he is so frustrated. It's sometimes you just want to shake him, mm. like he just ran into their defence, literally, like he's like running into a black into a brick wall, yeah. like it was just ridiculous. Absolutely no intelligence, just completely stupid. Um, we had quite a few players in the box, and he just was greedy and stupid. Yeah, he, but he did. A, but then he did a brilliant run to result in all that by beating his man and getting in, didn't he? So it's like fifty-fifty no with him. Point, though. Yeah, it's, but it's, there is yeah. no point in that first bit unless you can finish it off. And yeah, and and we, we talked about it a few times, but the, the sort of balls into the box were not overly great during the game. And Payne was feeding off scraps for a lot of it, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And we'll talk about the general gist of, of how we played later on, I suppose. But um, yeah, there was the, there was Edward McGillary and also also had another one, didn't they? Where they they just sort of put it across the box and the guy yeah. couldn't get a toe on it. Oh, so it was close. Yeah, when it got to sort of, I think it was about six or seven minutes left. I was thinking, you know, we could nick this, I suppose, but I was hoping we just would slow it down, take it to the corner, and see us out for a point because I, I personally think that would have been a good point in the context of the game. But um, there was the one chance, wasn't there, for Town right at the end of the game where we won a late corner. Um, and this wasn't on the highlights, so I've not seen it back. But at the time, it felt like we were unlucky to score. I don't yeah, know if that was on the extended highlights. Yeah, it was. It was Damn scrappy, and it was scrappy, and their um, yeah, and their player just kicked it away. Oh, um, and it was close. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a nice way to finish. The Can game. you imagine doing it at Doncaster and then at Walsall in consecutive weeks? <laughs> Be a bit, we're getting a bit greedy, aren't we? Again, greedy is a good word. Yeah. Greedy is definitely the word. So there you go, final whistle, and, and, and you know there was a huge roar of applause and and, and appreciation for it, for the work they'd done on a on a day where they didn't play well, but you know Dougie you know sign of a good team I suppose and um, you know it was, it was nice to be chanting we are top of the league at Walsall and it was nice to be chanting Poorhurst Barmy Army and Toto came over and he was full of smiles and a lot of the lads looked like they were quite happy with their day's work so 
you know, my, my, we'll talk about initial feelings. My initial feeling was one of, you know, I'm all right with this. It's, it's fine. Considering I've been to Warsaw so many times and lost, I was fine with it. Yeah, I was fine with it. I think I've just got a bit more annoyed watching it back, realizing <laughs> that, um, it sh- they should have a man sent off and, um, yes. strike. Also, that would have meant you'd be on eight goals as well, which mm, is quite yeah. nice. Um, but, um, yeah, it's um, very, very, very frustrating. But, um, Ollie, we should say, no, not even the manager of the month curse can can stop our unbeaten run because no. Paul Hurst got manager of the month didn't he, on the Friday for um, September. So you know you've got to look at it that way. Most most managers yeah. would have lost on Saturday, and we're still steely enough to not play well and still retain our unbeaten run, um, which is a fantastic credit to everybody, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So that point probably worth just to say we're still top of the league. Yep. Um, thirty points. Wigan, um, twenty eight points in second. Bradford, twenty six points in third. Rotherham, twenty one points in um, fourth Four. and then Peterborough and Charlton both on 20 points with Does, Blackburn seven so there's a lot of big names there yeah. which we're ahead of and, which is and funny nine points to fourth already yeah. it's a bit mad isn't it to be fair yeah. and they play the same amount of games as us it's not like they've got a game in hand it's only the team below that have got a game in hand and I think if they win I think it's Peterborough then we, the gap would be seven points but still seven points to fourth you know we can, we'd have to have a bad run to even start thinking about being down in fifth and sixth yet so um, yeah we, we keep yeah, it's it going. a bit of a cushion there yeah, yeah so there we go so yeah, talking points. You wanted to talk about some points, I suppose, at the end of the game. Yeah, I think it's probably worth just kind of like, just kind of like. So, yeah, a question to you, Glenn. So, what did you make of Dodds playing on the wing? I'd like, I'd like to give you a much more reasoned uh, approach to this, other than I'd had six points of cider beforehand. Um, <laughs> he, he did a shift, didn't he? He's a different type yeah. of player. He doesn't give you what Wally does. But I actually, you know, considering I'm normally a little bit harsh on Dodds, I thought he was neat enough. Um, he, he had the sort of ability to maybe find that killer ball. Didn't do it too often. But, um, you know, I, I don't really want to see him playing on the wing all that often. I think I do like the Wally-Rodman combination. But I honestly can't say I was overly disappointed with him during the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was just a, a sort of reasonable performance. I don't know whether you think you would advance on reasonable, but he certainly wasn't terrible in my view. So, yeah, I'd go, go 50-50 on it, really. No, I think I thought that was fair. Yeah. Um, he obviously doesn't have that lightning pace to kind of stretch nope. an opposition. But he um, did do some nice set pieces. Um, and he did do obviously contributed to the getting the penalty, yep. um, but also some of his through balls um, to Payne were excellent. And I think that's one of the kind of the, the the reasons I think why he likes having him in that position because he does find Payne and he does find Payne's good runs. Yeah. So that so that was good. And yeah, I guess next question, Glenn. So so why do you think Town were off form yesterday? Because I'd say they were, weren't they? And yeah. Paul Hurst says this as well. Yeah, that's the difficult question, isn't it? Why did we? I haven't really put so much thought into us, but why did we not play as well as they have been doing recent weeks? Uh, Fatigue, I couldn't really blame fatigue. You know, we had we'd had a we'd had a rest and rotated the players on Tuesday night, hadn't we? So a lot of the key players had, had come off it. You know, maybe there was a little bit of the this is a big derby game, you know, there was a bit of extra pressure. And I've been talking about us not playing with pressure, haven't I, for recent weeks. But yeah. I think the way that the, the press had built it up and a little bit about how the fans have been building it up and probably Paul Hurst as well, a little bit who knows what they say. I think maybe a little bit of pressure there might have stifled us a little bit you know that you've got the 2000 town fans there and anytime we have a big away following or home following we tend to freeze a little bit don't we as a Shrewsbury town team yeah. so maybe i put a little bit down to that um i think that um i think we're gonna we're gonna have to get used to not playing the sparkling football as we did in the first five to six games and get more used to these gritty you know walsall uh wigan win the doncaster win and this point at walsall which were much more gritty but i still think that we weren't overly concerned about getting beat that much. I think it was a 50-50 game. I don't they had the better of it towards the end, but I don't think it was there was much of us being second best. It's just again levels off that unbelievable form we had at the start of the season. So, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what. Yeah, what do you think, really? I don't know. <laughs> I felt we struggled to pass the ball. Yeah, I felt Agogo ended up playing quite deep. Um, so meaning we almost had two defence midfielders. Um, and it wasn't so much as even like Payne not holding the ball up because I think he's a good hold up mm. player, but we just didn't seem to be able to pass the ball. Um, the the pitch seemed very kind of congested, um, so we couldn't really seem to. I don't know what it was. Whether it was just the the way that they'd set themselves up with three central defenders, really packed the middle of the park, yeah. So we couldn't just play our natural game. And it's interesting, isn't it, that lots of teams are now setting themselves up to stifle us, mm. and we definitely saw some of that. So yeah, I think it was just a Nolan didn't quite have his his best game, did he? And he's important for us in the centre of park. No. So I think there's quite a few things. I think I don't think anyone really particularly stood out. No, um, it was harder to do the top three this week. Definitely. Um, yeah. But I think it's just one of those games, and let's be honest, look, it's in the context of things. As you were saying, you, you were saying before we started, Glenn, when you there's a lot of negativity in terms of town fans. Uh, yeah, weird. But it's in the context of it. We've got 30 points, we're top of the league, and we're unbeaten in 12, so we can't really have too much to complain about. No, I, I say that because I went to the match with sort of my, my best mates on the train, and um, at the end, I think the general feeling was, was disappointment from, from most of them, not all of them. Um, but I certainly, I certainly didn't feel that personally, and maybe I'm just... You know, being overly positive this season, and um, and I felt you know that's still in the context of our season, the context of our football club, and the context of something special happening. That still could be a massive point on the road to somewhere good. So you know, I, I think that everyone has that initial disappointment, like you were talking about how you felt after the Blackburn game. Um, it was that sort of strange disappointment that you, you're feeling disappointed about that, and I think it's the same Warsaw. You know, normally we'd be delighted with a point Warsaw. So yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think greedy is a word, but I just think um, it's. Uh, Everyone deals with these things a bit differently, don't they? But yeah. again, I feel like most people felt like that from sort of talking to people on the way out. So I bumped into Sam Morris again, and he felt very similar. One of our friends. So yeah, oh, there you go. I don't know. No, it's interesting to yeah, a lot of different views on that game. But I think it's fair to say they didn't perform, and no. and that's what Paul Hurst said as well. So um, I did want to agree with you on that one point you made just then, which was something I I thought about while you were talking about, which was I do feel like teams are setting up to combat us now. Yeah. It's, it's much more noticeable and that that's another reason why your form will drop off because you've got to deal with, with that side of it as well so yeah that's a good point that Ollie yeah they hadn't played um, a back three all season nope. um, and, they, and they set themselves up to strife for us and it took us a bit of a while and they also changed their shape during the game um, yeah, yeah. to counter pack attack us it's counter us so yeah it's something we have to get used to and work on but I'm sure we'll I'm sure on the training ground where the kind of the catalyst for all our good work I'm sure they'll be working on solutions yeah there'll be space elsewhere for them to exploit won't they when people exactly, play three yeah. at the back so I trust to be able to manage our tactics around and, and do the job there so you, you said it was hard to pick a top three Ollie who did you go for this week yeah I struggled um, and if I'm honest I kind of I've kind of used this week to kind of give some people some points who probably maybe deserve it in the <laughs> last few games so I did struggle so I went for Sadler because he didn't really make any mistakes he was pretty solid um, I went for Payne because I felt for him you know he had some good offsets feeding off some scraps um, and his penalty was just class. So I went for number two. And I went for Brown three. He didn't do anything particularly great in the game, but he was solid again. You know, nothing really came down his side and he was a threat going forward. So that's who I went for. So, uh, yeah, I've I, I, I not run down this week on the agenda, Ollie, but mine's pretty similar. I actually agree. I went for Sadler. I thought you've got to factor in the fact he used to play for um, Warsaw at one point, I think. And so he, I think he was getting a bit of a grief off the fans. Maybe he did. Well, I'm sure he did. Maybe it was for other reasons. Yeah, he did. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. So, yeah, so he was obviously going back somewhere where he, where he was getting a bit of grief off their fans, from what I could see. So, you know, a bit of mental strength to be shown there as well. So I thought that was good. I went for Brown second, again, for a similar reason that I picked Sadler and you just picked him as well and that I didn't think he had a bad game and was solid. And, and he actually dealt with probably a bit more of the attacks down his side than down the other side and thought he did a manful job in, in terms of staying He's good solid. at heading the ball, isn't he? Yes, so, yeah. especially in an aerial game like that. He was covering around the back a lot um, and made some important challenges. 
Um, and I went for Godfrey for three though, because um, you know even though he was in that bottom, sort of in the, the the diamond, bottom of the diamond, well not a diamond, the the central defensive midfielder position, I thought he was pretty efficient during the game actually, and was another one of the reasons why we were breaking some of the attacks up. And I know I said we were second to a lot of the balls in the first half, but second half he he switched on a bit more and was sort of getting to a few more of the knockdowns, um, and particularly made a few good challenges when Roberts came on. So yeah, that was my top three. Cool, okay. super. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, jumping onto the three word match report, so there's definitely some themes. Going going on here a couple mm-hmm. of clear themes so yeah there was the guys who were saying um, so um, um, Anthony um, Lamb was saying unbeaten run continues Andy Davis still on top Craig Evans definitely a red Matt Hatchin yep. send him off Trev um, shocking refereeing decision um, <laughs> and then Wayne Davis scrappy game which I think is a good summary of the game um, uh, Richard Vernon saying pain and fire and this guy called Ollie Warner put um, officials messed up <laughs> yeah that Ollie Warner which came on the podcast he knows what he's talking <laughs> about um, yeah I think it's pretty agreeable there I, th- I think we should really get the message across that it was a poor game in general um, yeah. and you know I don't really think it helps Warsaw's manager you know I've talking to a few fans on Twitter and actually talking in and out of the game as we were walking back to the station sort of saying how does how does that help your manager you know I was under a bit of pressure already and they were like Watching that, you know, even though they got a point against Shrewsbury top of the league, it was still very negative football. They considered it to be, you know, the directness, the three at the back. You know, that was how their fans were viewing it a little bit. Um, so I'd keep an eye on the Walsall manager if their form doesn't pick up. I think, you know, he's going to be one of the ones that could be next out the door for unfortunately for him. Yeah, no, they wasn't good, and and that did that did contribute to the, the kind of the game, didn't it? That yes. kind of style. Yes. So um, so Mr. Hurst, um, he was um, he said he was feeling greedy you know, <laughs> in terms of he's disappointed because he's getting greedy now um, he was furious when they came on to talking about the um, sending off he said four officials couldn't decide who it was um, and it would have a massive advantage and he said interestingly that the Shrewsbury Town management and the Warsaw management and the Shrewsbury fans and the Warsaw fans will all be aggrieved by some of the refereeing decision mm. and one of the things that um, was um, was frustrating was that the referee was kind of couldn't make his mind up he was like one minute's going yeah this is you know this is the M54 derby you know this is a derby grain there's a load of away fans I'm going to allow some kind of meaty challenges and the next minute he was blowing up for everything mm. so he, he didn't he really had a really poor game so I really hope he gets a a low score on his on his report. He needs a bloody mo- demotivation to the conference or something. That'll sort him out. Because that's what happens <laughs> when you're really bad, isn't it? He was yeah. a shocker, wasn't he? And he was actually, you're right, he was inconsistent during the whole game. And I noticed that there were Wigan fans on... Um, Wigan fans? I don't know what Wigan fans were watching our game for. <laughs> um, there was Walsall fans talking about how they actually thought the ref was poor. You know, and in what yeah. didn't help the game at all. So yeah, we obviously had a bad decision given against us, but um, you know, in the general play, their fans were not happy about him either. So um, yeah, I think Paul Hurst was completely right to go mental about it and, and be angry yeah. about it. I imagine he was spitting feathers in the dressing room. Yeah, you did. You could just tell from his um, from the look on his face, he was not happy. <laughs> you um, put furious he, here. <laughs> yeah, he gave um, he gave um, Craig um, some credit for the save at the end. Yeah, um, and he thought a, fair, a result of draw was a fair result, which. I think, I think it so. probably was. Yeah, I agree with but that. But he said, I think it's quite interesting for maybe to leave it here in terms of the analysis of the game. He says too many, um, too many players were not on it today, and he was annoyed with the performance. Mm. Well, there we go. Maybe he'll make some changes next week. But he yeah. might be that angry about it. You never know. It might be a time for maybe Ganua to play on one of the wings if if Wally's not doing it and he didn't think he got enough out of Dodds. For all we know, he might yeah. might fancy giving him a go and he might he might, for example, start um, Morris up front instead of Payne. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to do that. I, I I'd like the idea of going to Plymouth at a bottom next week and playing Payne and Morris up front. I think those two could do damage. I really do. I'm, I'm looking. Yeah. I just want to see that this season at some point. So yeah, maybe we'll change. Maybe we'll change it to a four four two just to switch it up again. Who knows? But Who knows, he's got yeah. options. He's got options. He has, yeah, definitely. So, um, actually, yeah, just, um, before we come on to the, the refereeing decisions, um, yeah. it's probably worth going around the ground. So, do you see Bristol Rovers beat Northampton 6 0? 
Yeah, slightly concerning. That's, We've got them in a few yeah. weeks, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, so that was a good result for them. Um, South End lost again 4-1, um, which is another notable result. Um, and yeah, as you said, um, Plymouth are not doing very well. They lost 2-1 at home um, to, to Fleetwood, yeah. um, which puts Fleetwood um, ninth in the league, but means we've got 25 points more than Plymouth. So Plymouth have only got five points out of 12 games. So... Yeah, it's it's the game where either you're gonna you lose your beaten run, or maybe it's gonna go one way or the other, isn't it? Either we're gonna smash three, four goals, mm. or we're gonna lose. <laughs> it is awful, isn't it, when you think about where the winning run might come to an end, the unbeaten yeah. run might come to an end for it to happen at the team like that who have been so poor. I'll be a bit frustrated by that, but you know, again, it comes back to your comment of greediness, doesn't it? When yeah. can when can you, when can you accept that <laughs> that run is going to come to an end? But yeah, when when Plymouth go above us on uh, in about mid February, I'll be calling Paul Hurst. Down there. <laughs> 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 if that happens, we're in big trouble. So yeah, so yeah, we go. It sounded sounded uh, fair enough. What first I'd say there, good summary of the game, I suppose. Yep, no, definitely. So yeah, moving on to um, yeah, you saying there was um, some debate on Blue and Amber Forum. Yeah, there was, well, there was a post on Fingers on Facebook, actually, about um, oh, okay. people saying, you know, that was a bad decision. We've talked in, at length about it in terms of it being one of the most blatantly unfair decisions we've had for a long time. And people were trying to think back, you know, last 10, 15 years of what the worst ones have been. Um, so I thought I'd run through these five, Ollie, and I'm, I want you to pick the worst. So you might, hopefully you'll remember all these, but you might not. So, um, yeah, I remember I some of them. I remember yeah. quite a few of them. So, obviously, first one everyone will instantly think about is... Uh, the linesman and the referee's inability to uh, chalk off Wickham's ghost goal that cost us um, cost us well, cost us promotion, didn't it, that season? I think. Oh, God, I can't remember now. But, yeah, I think everyone will remember that goal, won't they? So that was one. There was one that's a long time back now where, and I remember this as a kid on the Riverside, Darren Curry had a shot. Uh, we were playing Millwall in the, sort of the last second of the game, and he, he had a shot. Referee hadn't blown. And then about a second and a half after he'd had the shot, the referee blew up and the ball was literally flying into the top corner. I remember as a kid that one particularly, and it was... Brian Coddington, the referee, and for years in all the fanzines and everything, everyone would sort of be like, that was the, the epitome of the worst referee. It was the pre-Darren Deadman era. Um, then, yeah, someone else might mentioned losing 1-0 at Rochdale last year, um, where John Louis Prack had a shot that went in, but it came out of a hole in the net, and we, we didn't get given the goal. Um, I didn't go to Rochdale that game, but apparently that one was uh, certainly a bit of a rip-off. Um, and then it was Dave McAllister's red card a few seasons back at Doncaster, where he literally sort of brushed past someone and got a straight red. And that, I remember, us, I think I was might even been last season, or the season before that now, but um, yeah, I can remember people going insane about that one. And then obviously the decision on Saturday. So yeah, there's obviously some bad decisions there, and I'm sure we've had a few more than that, to be honest with you, but which one stands out for you still? Which one in years to come are you going to look back and think that was the one that really got my goat? Wickham. Yeah, that I think goal. We can't get and past it, can we? No, and it's really interesting <laughs> actually. Um, I remember reading the um, like kind of like the comments from the FA, and they were saying that one of the things that was they were so critical of the ref is they didn't take into account like like the uh, the response from the players, the fans, and mm. the, um, and the Wickham players. He didn't take into account like nope. it was so far off not going in, and and obviously that um, had a massive impact on our season because those points would have um, yeah would have changed the fortunes of our season. So yeah, we do. Um, I don't know whether it's all fans feel this way, but we always seem to be get some dodgy decisions. I don't know what it is. Last season there was a lot of I felt you know yeah. unfair cards. Um, and then this season, still been a few dodgy things that has happened. But I don't know whether it's because we're a little old Shrewsbury or, or what. But we all seem to get the. Um, bad decisions I agree with you it's hard to judge it without supporting another team isn't yeah, it but um, it is. I, th- I think it's interesting you know those are five that sort of stand out as as big decisions that people always talk about but I think 
the thing to, to say is I agree with you about Wickham. It's iconic in the club's history, isn't it, really, that goal? Yeah. Because it just was so much was talked about it and it was so iconic for that season and everything. So, yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you on that. But I'm sure those five moments will have brought back some terrible memories to fans. So apologies for that, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that was not a good one. So, yeah, so so that's where we are. So um, move looking ahead then. Mm. Are, are you going to Plymouth? Mm-mm, no. Um, no. Do you know what? As we're still unbeaten, I'd said we, I'd keep going to the away games and home games until the unbeaten run came to an end. And for anything else, I would have gone on Saturday. But I have to go to the Lake District for a christening for one of my best friends. And I wouldn't miss that for the world, to be fair. Yeah. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't go to Plymouth. But I, I definitely would have gone. I probably would have took the kids and stayed overnight somewhere. Um, and I wouldn't have wanted to miss it. But I'm sure, um, despite the distance, we'll, we'll still take a fair amount of town fans there. And they shall yeah, get a vocal back in this week. And... Yeah, I, I, I'm confident that we're going to go there and get a win. So, um, yeah, who wants to pick the predictions first this week? Because sometimes you get a bit mardy with me, Ollie, when I go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's normally because you used to make me go first all the time. True, very true. So, um, so yeah, actually, just thinking as you were as you were chatting, then I was just thinking actually having the have not having a game on Tuesday, I think, is going to be um, very Massive. important for yeah. us to recover. Um, so, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I'm confident. I'm going to go for two 0 win. Super. I'm going to go for a. I'm going to do your usual one and go for a 2-1 away win um, because, you know, as you say, that's normally the average score, yeah. isn't it, to be perfectly fair? So, um, you know, we, we, we seem to be conceding every now and again at the moment. And we do I think some, Dean Henderson back, yes. Hendo back, he's going to be put, he's, going to have, he's going to have his magic gloves on again. I mean, we've scored in every game this season, haven't we, in the league? Yeah. Which is a massive, another stat that you missed there, Ollie. Have you missed that? Um, yeah, which is credible, isn't it? So you can't see us going there and not scoring. So um, yeah, yeah, I did so, actually remember that one. I forgot to write it down. Oh, damn. Bit of a, I've spent a lot of time in the garden today, so yeah. <laughs> Good job on the agenda. Um, there we go. So yeah, so I can see a scoring at least, and you know, two two goals that should be enough, even if they get one or, or not. Yeah. But, um, it's worth noting exciting. that both of us went for a win away at Warsaw, so we didn't get any points. I know. Yeah, and Mike did. Uh, no, A did as well, didn't he? Yeah, last week, he did. So. Yeah, he went for eight nil, which didn't happen. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what was he thinking? Um, there we go. So. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, yep. we, we we come back next week with only one game to talk about. Um, probably be a short podcast, but uh, yeah, maybe we're back to being uh, four or five points clear at the top again. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, cheers, Glenn. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, please carry on sending your feedback and your questions, and we do enjoy getting the um, the comments. So yeah, do, yeah, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, and yeah, well done to all the town fans that went yesterday. I think credit to the football club. We should say that and. Uh, yeah, thanks to everyone I bumped into yesterday who said they've been listening to the podcast and, and, and I've never spoken to you before and been like, oh yeah, I've been listening to you guys doing that. So actually had a lot of positive feedback at the match yesterday, Ollie, which was great to hear. So, so yeah, great. cheers to everyone for listening and we shall, we shall try and keep it up every week and um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next Sunday. Oh!